Hey, it's Craig here. Before we get started with this episode of Radio Game Changers, just wanted to thank those of you who have bought the book, which is available now through Amazon. It's called Radio Game Changers. Look, it's essentially a collection of thoughts and learnings from the podcast, a hundred episodes of interviews and conversations with the biggest radio stars in Australia, the US and the UK. So look, here's an idea. Why don't you order a copy for the Christmas summer break and check it out? That'd be nice. And once you've read it, tell us what you think on Twitter and follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. We've got a really big year coming up next year with our first Game Changers live event happening in Melbourne. We will have details on that very soon. Radio Game Changers, the book. Buy it now from Amazon. Game Changers Radio. Insights and lessons from the world's best radio broadcasters and programmers. Available October 13th. Chapter 3. Write it down. I mean, I love the look of words on the paper. I like the patterns they make. I like the sounds words make. I words I like, and then that's even before you get into the actual meaning of those words. So there are lots of ways to fall in love with language. We have a book, and it's coming out soon, October thirteen. Do we have a title, Jay? <laughs> Discuss that, don't we? Game Changers, the book. Game Changers Radio, the book. Yeah. We should be a little more organized than this, but anyway, we'll come up with some kind of title. By the time you're listening to this, there probably (laughs) is a title, and you can see it at radiogamechangers.com. Yeah, perfect. Um, So what we're going to do over the next uh, few episodes of the podcast is to review the chapters. There's nine chapters. The idea behind the book, it's a co-written piece of work, and Jay's spent a lot of time sort of working his way through the uh, transcripts from the interviews, and I've sort of put a preface at the front of each chapter. And so the idea was, as we went along, we thought, wow, there's some really, really good uh, lessons, and there's some obvious themes that we're starting to see through some of these episodes. So let's see if we can kind of format that into into something that people can take with them. And one of the themes was, uh, which is chapter three, write it down, the power of the written word. I might be biased because I, I, and I think I've talked about this before, you know, I would write down every single word. And my process when I was on the air, and you can tell by my natural speaking style, there's lots of arms and ahs, and I'm fully aware of this, so it's all good. But I, to combat that, I would write down every single word. Hi, this is Craig Bruce on SAFM, word for word. Essentially going into every shift, I would have the first three breaks written out in full. And the idea being that I would always be about 20 minutes ahead of real time in terms of my prep. So if anything happened in the studio, I was always a little bit ahead of the game and, and nothing could kind of phase me as I went along. So I'd always be prepping about 20 minutes ahead. That was, And I'd stuck to that process every single shift that I did. Wow. And then as I moved into programming, I... Uh, you know, I came to it from a creative background and I, I'm a reasonable writer. I don't think I'm a great writer. I'm, I'm a reasonable wordsmith in the radio sense. That became the sort of the basis of my skill set. I used that as the starting point. You, you know, when you move into programming, you know, there are lots of different ways to attack it. You can come at it from a show perspective. So if you were to be a programmer, it would be based on your experience as an EP. For me, it was on the air, creative, announcing, empathy for announcers, and then moved in through that space. Uh, some come at it from a music directing perspective. Others come at it from a promotional point of view. So it depends on the skill set. But for me, it was on the air and, and, and sort of in the creative uh, um, area. Yeah, I noticed in the early stages and, and certainly hearing Wendy Harmer talk about um, the power of the written word and how she talked about seeing the words on the page and loving the sound of particular words and taking a real interest in that as a very young girl. And 
I never really had that. I was never a great reader. I was never particularly interested in in reading at school. I kind of became interested in it as I got older. Um, and I'd often hear you listen to Wendy talk about that. I think, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that love of reading because I reckon that would have helped me from an on-air perspective. But then you hear Scott Shannon talk about great radio stations that build on the keyboard or the the typewriter, I think he called it. The typewriter at the time, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it became a theme and it, we've both seen Mick and Tony up close, that assumption that they turn up, go on the air and think of the first thing that comes into their head and it's nothing like that. It's the it's the it's the writing and it's the the detail that you need to put put together a really strong sketch. So yeah, it just became a regular sort of oh, that's coming up often. I think it's really important. Absolutely. Before we I move on, do you have any of your old bits? Do you have any of your old breaks? Uh, do you have tucked some, away in a shoebox? No, somewhere? I don't. Someone would somewhere, but I, I, when I say there, there, there might be some uh, some contests that I did that uh, that had some big cash amounts that might be on file somewhere at SAFM. And you but. wrote it out by hand, so we, was your, like, my handwriting is appalling. <laughs> it's terrible. Yep. So, I mean, you had to be very legible, I would imagine. Well, okay, so there was a whole, so the thing for me was, if I got the first 20 minutes right in the show, then I would be, I'd have my confidence up, I'd be yep. feeling good about myself. and Relax then, and, a little and bit. So, so what the last break looked like in terms of the written word was very different to the first break. First right. break, word for word, everything was in its place. And by the last break, because I'd kind of you know, worked up my, and you know, I had some momentum and some confidence up. I I could kind of do it without as much um, detail. And I don't know whether I ever read it. I do have an ability to be able to read off a screen and it not sound read, which which um, you know I was lucky to have. But I just found that you know that idea of collecting your thoughts and and I still do it now. I, I love getting on a plane, strapping myself in. No one can talk to me for an hour and a half. I do my best writing when I'm on a plane. Yeah, right. Just because, yep. it, you know, and one thing will lead to another. I'll, I'll, I'll write a word or write a phrase down. and That's not quite right, but maybe I can turn it into this. This is more from a programming perspective. But, uh, but I'm imagining that might happen from a comedic perspective. I, I don't know. But, you, you know, you kind of got to start somewhere, don't you? There is no trick. Now, you know, we, we've talked about this with the, the podcast and the lessons that come out. It's, you know, when you talked about investing in relationships, you've got to take the time. You've got to make the effort. You know, when you talk about getting uh, your first job, you talk about the fact that you've got to keep knocking on the door. You've got to keep showing up. You have to keep sharing your work. You just can't stop. And with writing, there's no shortcut. There is no secret. You have to sit down with the blank page and fill it up. Mm. And... Mick did that on a daily basis, Mick Malloy for the hot breakfast. He came in with notes and he came in with jokes and he came in with thoughts and sort of half framed ideas and, you know, different things. And he would have things that he would think that, okay, here's something that Ed might ask me about this. So I've got this sort of worked out on yeah. where I might be able to take yeah. it. And Tony, you know, in doing a couple of different things with him and some podcasts and things, you know, he is a, is a big writer and, and he talked about in his interview Martin Malloy, two guys sitting around reading out of Spyrex no- yeah, notebooks. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> an incredibly, uh, t- totally uninspiring to, to, to see it happen. They're there, they've got their heads in newspapers and writing, and you know, essentially silence in the in the back rooms of Fox FM as they're putting the show together. It wasn't some kind of yeah. you know crazy wild experience. They're they're there studying for the show in yeah. lots of respects. We pretty much wrote sketches and wrote spots and pretty much diligently wrote even our worst jokes, which were designed to be bad, like in Syncorators or Fumios or whatever it was we were calling them at the time. (laughs) 
we're still, even under the guise of being a stupid joke, yep. would still take me an hour to write. You know, both of them talked about learning through the, the degeneration experience and talking about, you know, Tom Gleisner being, he'd see a script and he'd go, yep, there's a joke, there's a joke, we're missing one there. You know, and this idea of, no, and, and it's, it's interesting when you think about it from a, if you're going to make a sketch for, for the radio, it's got to be funny, right? Yeah. Uh, particularly if, it, if it's a comedic idea, you can have the idea, but you've got to have the jokes in it. And I know that sounds obvious, but um, you know, you, you as soon as you step into that space of here's something funny, the audience will then hear it in the context of I've heard something funny from Martin Malloy, I hear something funny from Jerry Seinfeld, I hear something funny from from um, y- you know uh, Marty Sheargold, and if it's not at that level, it's not funny. So you've got to do the work. You can't have you can't go in with a single idea, and you need to kind of really interrogate the concept, right? And and that's where I think the writing is important. I mean, the other thing for me, you know, having now worked in different markets around the world, I can walk into any breakfast office and if you show me the whiteboard i can tell you whether it's a successful show or not because the whiteboard tells the story of your show now sometimes it's an electronic whiteboard that's fine but i mean i can walk into uh, seriously into any breakfast office show me the whiteboard and the shows that are humming i can you can be guaranteed that jason pj would have a whiteboard filled with ideas they haven't got on the air yet you know, thought bubbles. Write that down. That was really funny. Let's do something with that. You've got to have a place where you can capture the the concepts as they happen. Because, and you would know what it's like. You have, you know, one thing quickly leads to another. You know, how how quickly did um, the bunga bunga joke turn into the bunga bunga party? But it's like it's you've got to identify it and 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 capture it somewhere and go right. What else are we going to do with that? Yeah. Well, I remember that that was a story. That was an actual news story yeah. about Silvio Berlusconi, who was the Italian prime minister, and he was uh, in trouble for having these bunga bunga parties, these debaucherous parties. And we're listening to the story on Triple M, and Mick suddenly in the middle of it just goes, "Why can't I have a bunga bunga party?" And no sooner are the words out of his mouth than he looks through the glass, and I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, we are going to have a bunga bunga yeah, party. Yeah. And and so we did that two years in a row, and it was amazing. amazing. One of the things that Mick, uh, that I've seen firsthand, and, and that I know other shows operate like this as well, is that you can spend a lot of time writing something, but where, where it gets really interesting is when you're completely willing, ready, and able to just jettison it. Yep. And forget all about it. Yep. Start again. It's like it never existed yep. because something else is happening and something else is better and the content has moved on. Mm. And that is a just a real strength, I think, of people who have done this for a long time is that they are perfectly willing to leave the stuff that they prepared at the door because there's something better that's coming up in the time of the show. Yeah. And, you know, writing, if you want to go back and listen to any of the episodes, Tom Gleisner's episode is excellent. Tony Martin Mick Malloy, Wendy Harmer, they all talk about it. Andrew Denton talks Scott a little Shannon, bit about it. Yeah. And Denton, Scott Shannon yeah. from the US talks about writing and, and how important that was. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things that when you think about radio, you think it's it's microphones and music and it's and it's voices and that's it. But it is ultimately what do all of those things involve? They all need words. Yeah. Words get written. Yeah, tone, essence. And and I you know, I think about it from a uh, from my programming um, life and uh, you know, I've, I've said before there were a hundred mistakes I made in the early stages as a programmer, but the one, the two things I got right, but one of them was uh, a, a young Richard Marsland was working at SAFM at the time. I just started, and um, 
so I was an okay writer. He was one of Australia's best writers. And I identified that really quickly. And I thought, okay, he's going to be the voice of the station. Not the voice as in the guy doing the voiceovers. He's going to be the essence of SAFM. Yeah, the tone and the feel. Brian Ford with Jamie Angel. So Brian is the least creative person I know. God love him. And he's one of my favourite radio people. (laughs) But Brian looked at Jamie and looked at Jamie's incredible wit and his dry sense of humour. And... uh, And... Jamie wrote every promo for Two Day and Fox back in the late 90s, 2000s, and it just had a sound about it. It's a station I'm working with in uh, New Zealand at, at ZM. There's a core team of three of them, um, uh, Gary, Al, and, and Ross, all brilliant writers and brilliant creatively together, and they understand they've got this kind of great chemistry together. They can I, I find an idea and, and then write around it. And ZM is one of the most interesting sounding chr stations in the world right now it just has this playfulness that we've forgotten uh is important for radio you know it's only radio it's not fucking you know we're not curing cancer <laughs> it needs to be fun it needs to have a tonal essence that's that's unique yeah. difference and and you know anyone can write a positioning message but you know can you capture a, a sound and an essence in in the in the script and and the work in and around those scripts and um yeah, so if you get that right, so and it's, for young programmers starting out, if you're not a good writer, when you're putting together your product team, find someone who can capture those great ideas and and develop them as a as a script and keep writing. Yeah, Do not yeah. stop writing. Just keep writing and write and write and write. Most of it's going to be junk, you know, but the stuff that works will be because you spent the time writing. What's well, funny, you know, I um, and we'll finish up on this. When I left SCA, I had a dinner with Jules and and Sam, two of my best friends from so Jules London, Sam Kavanagh, and they, you know, took me out for a bite to eat, and uh, and and I love Jules, and he's always got a, he's just he goes to the heart of whatever might be happening, uh, and and I, I, you know, I just love being around him. He's such a truth teller. And, you know, so we were talking about, so what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't, I don't really know. And he said, can I give you one piece of advice? Write down what you know. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And I had a six-month clause, essentially, where I couldn't work anyway. Um, and I went back and had a look at some of the memos that I'd written and some of the, I guess they were blogs, but they were in the in the context of a corporate world. And I, I had been doing that for years, that idea of going, okay, what's the lesson out of this how do we capture it and how can I sell that back to my team so and and what I and and so where I started as a consultant uh, before the podcast was just releasing these blogs and I do work in Canada because I released a blog about the fugitive which we'll get to in one of these chapters um, you know telling the story of it and and um, a programmer in Canada sent me a note saying hey I've got you to thank for that. We've been running that contest for years. Why don't you come and work with us? So, and I, and I know that I have done that for years, this idea of going, like, what do I know? Can I see if I can collect my thoughts around what I know? It's not for everyone. And it's not to say that you have to, you have to write to be good on the air. But if you like writing, and I met with a young team yesterday and uh, a young comedy team. Do you like writing? We love writing. We'll write all the time. Do it all the time, not just occasionally, do it all the time. There's that great quote from Tom Papa, who was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and I think it's in the book. Uh, he, he talks about this concept of great comedians opening the shop every day. And, the, you know, it's a great metaphor. You know, some days the shop's going to be really busy, make lots of money, 
and some days that you'll sit there staring at the walls and feel like nothing's happening but you've got to open the shop and I think in that that creative sense you know you've just got to put pen to paper and see where it leads great radio stations are built on keyboards the writing of the language of the radio hallelujah the writing is totally next to the music it's the most important thing on the station game changers radio insights and lessons from the world's best radio broadcasters and programmers available october 13th follow craig on twitter at cb underscore bruce for more information on the book check out radiogamechangers.com next time on game changers radio chapter four the ideas.